0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up the hill. There he sat down and was joined by his disciples. Then he began to speak. This is what he taught them How happy are the poor in spirit? Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy the gentle, they shall have the earth for their heritage. Happy those who mourn, they shall be comforted. Happy those who hunger and thirst for what is right, they shall be satisfied. Happy the merciful, they shall have mercy shown them. Happy the pure in heart, they shall see God. Happy the peacemakers, They shall be called sons of God. Happy those who are persecuted in the cause of right. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are you when people abuse you and persecute you and speak all kinds of calumny against you on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we celebrate the Feast of All Saints. And on one occasion, someone asked our Lord the question Lord, will there be many saved? and our Lord's response was entered by the narrow gate. The question, of course, is foolish in itself, but when we, as we heard in the first reading, there was a huge crowd, impossible to count, of those who were praising God. So whether many are saved or a few are saved is, for us, not really the question to ask. The question we have to ask is, will I be saved? When we celebrate the feast of All saints, or indeed when we celebrate the feast of any saint, we are not contributing anything to the saint. We, we do not, we cannot give the saint anything because the saint has everything. They have Christ, they in heaven. Their salvation is secure, and the beatific vision is fully occupying them. But Honoring the saint is for us. It's for us in as much as we are keeping our eyes on those of our brothers and sisters who have gone before us and who have overcome the enemies of our souls, namely the world, the flesh, and the devil. They have gone through the struggle. And so when we look at their life, it gives us encouragement in our own. When we see that they have overcome, then it gives us hope that we likewise can overcome. When we see their fidelity to Christ in the midst of all of the trials, it gives us encouragement in our own fidelity. And the range of saints is as vast as the occupations in which um, human, um, human beings are involved. So we, among the saints, of course, we have our most blessed lady. She's the queen of all saints. And then we have the martyrs. So, oh, so we have the apostles next. and Then we have the martyrs and then the confessors, and the virgins. And these form the the ranks of the saints. And we are to fit into one of those categories. For most of us, we will probably be among the confessors. That is, those who have lived the life. Uh, They were not called to the great act, the supreme act of martyrdom, (coughs) but rather they were called simply to witness to Christ in their ordinary, everyday life. These are what the confessors are. The Church, however, recognizes some of these saints as having done this to a heroic degree. And that's why we, they have the honor of the altar. We know them by name, and we have feast days for them. But the great bulk of the saints are unknown. This is why we have this feast of all saints. And so when we look at the individual saints whom we can emulate we perhaps think falsely of the Apostles, which would of course include the, the Popes and the Bishops. But not all of us are called to be Popes or Bishops. We perhaps think of the Priests, yes, and among the Priests we can think of St. Dominic. Or we can think of St. John Vianney or Padre Pio. Yes, but we're not all called to be uh, mystics or to founders of congregations. But if we go even lower still, among the confessors, we would find someone like um, St. John Labre. Who was he? He was a beggar in Rome. He used to beg. St. Joseph Labre used to beg on the streets of Rome And he spent, he used to sleep, in fact, on the steps of the Church of St. Martin, not far from where I studied. And people would pass by and they'd give him um, food, daily food. And he spent all his time before the sacrament. It's only after he died that his holiness was discovered. And then we think of the, the women saints, and Uh, again, there's Saint Anna Maria Tagli, who was a housewife. She had a husband who was a drunkard, and of course that's uh, a very good way of becoming a saint, to have a husband who was a drunkard and a wastrel. She bore it patiently. And yet in all of this she was also mystic. She had um, visits from her angel, and uh, on a few occasions, the Lord himself appeared to her and strengthened her. She had a great devotion to the Eucharist. She's buried in the church of um, Saint Chrysologos in Rome. Of course, talking of visionaries, we have people like Saint Bernadette or Saint Margaret Mary. These were um, certainly in case of St. Margaret, she was a cloistered nun. In the case of Bernadette, she was a 14-year-old girl to whom the Blessed Virgin appeared, and gave her a mission. A very simple mission. Come here every day for, for the two weeks, and I'll tell you what I want. And what did she want? She wanted people to come and pray the rosary. Come in procession and pray the rosary. And St. Bernadette was faithful to that task. Not, she was not believed, and she received much abuse because of it, but she held fast to the task that had been given to her. And when later she joined the convent, she received abuse there as well from the so sisters who did not believe her, who thought she was a fraud. But she never complained. And when she was dying, she said, the lady said I wouldn't be happy. She, well, she, the lady said that she cannot promise that I'll be happy on Earth, but only in heaven. And yet she was wrong. I'm very happy. I am happy to suffer. She, she not only had a, a tuberculosis, she also had a terrible ulcer on her thigh, on her, um, which caused her incredible pain, which she never showed. It wasn't, again, until close to her death that it was discovered. The, the, the ulcer that she had. And when she was dying, she's, her last words were, pray for me, poor sinner. Well, she could say that because she was judging herself, not from the sinners around her, but she was judging her, her condition from the Immaculate One, the Virgin whom she had seen. And in fact, that is really the measure that we should use for ourselves. We shouldn't think, well, I know people are worse than me. No, we judge. I know someone who is much better than I am, and I should be like her, or like him, our Lord. We have children as well who are saints, um, the Korean martyrs. There were many children, 10, 12-year-olds, who were martyred for the faith and went, underwent the most terrible tortures. You know, they... They were literally cut apart, and yet they remain firm in their faith. We think of um, someone like, say, Margaret Clitherow, a housewife, who who, um, used to hide priests in her home. It's a simple housewife. Her husband wasn't even a Catholic. And when it was discovered she was, in fact, hiding priests, she, they, an attempt was made to force her to declare the the um, place where she hid them and to reveal the name of the priest which she refused to do. And so she was placed on, on stones and a door was put on top of her and then the stones were added to it to several hundred and she was literally crushed to death. They could hear The witnesses said they heard her her spine breaking as the stones were added. And she would not reveal the hiding place of the priests. A housewife, confessor, and a martyr. Yes. We have little ones, but we have the holy innocents, for instance. And we have older ones, old men and women who were likewise killed for their witness to Christ. You know, when, when you have an 80-year-old man um, who, who is executed simply because he refuses to, to um, deny his faith, uh, that is also something to, to marvel at. But for most of us, we uh, call Mary to observe the commandments and indeed to live the Beatitudes. What because the beatitudes are the foundation of what it is to be to be a saint, so poverty in spirit, which is essentially being totally dependent on God and on His grace, gentleness, happy the gentle. That is not seeking revenge or not taking offence on the ill treatment that we receive. Happy those who mourn. But certainly, we must be sorrow, have genuine sorrow for our sins and also for the sins of others, because when other people offend God by their sins, by their lifestyle, they are jeopardizing their own salvation, but also they are offending the God whom we love. We should have a hunger and a thirst for what is right. And because we have a hunger and thirst, we we fight in the right sense for what is right. (coughs) We testify to it by our lifestyle. Happy the Merciful. (coughs) Happy the Merciful. Um, Because we, again, should have compassion on those who are ignorant of the faith or who do not know what they do. The purity of heart. Chastity. We struggle against the three enemies of our souls. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Peacemakers because we should be do all within our power to establish peace with God. This is where all true peace comes from. Once we undertake this, inevitably we'll be persecuted, because the world is not content with our silence. The world actually wishes us to say what is evil is good, and what is good is evil. And so we will be persecuted. And all kinds of persecutions will come our way. Whether it be through intimidation, whether it be through the act of the law or imprisonment or even death itself. But right is right and wrong is wrong. And we shouldn't be ashamed to say exactly that. And the Lord says, truly you are blessed when people abuse you persecute you, and speak all kinds of calumny against you on my account. And this is what we have to remember. It is not us that they are persecuting, but it is Christ himself. Our Lord himself tells us, if they treat the master of the house in this way, what will they not say about his servants? Remember when they've done all of these things to you, they did it to me. (laughs) This is what we have to hold on to. And so we keep our eyes fixed firmly on heaven and the citizens of heaven, the saints, our elder brothers and sisters in the faith. We look to them. And the more we get to know their lives, the more we'll see how similar their lives are to our own. And that encourages us. We we take heart from that. We're not weighed down by our sins. They were not. They were sinners just as we were, as we are. They were sinners just as we are, but they overcame their sins by God's grace. And so when we celebrate the Feast of the Saints again, what we are celebrating is the triumph of God's grace in their life and how God has crowned it by giving them the joy of eternal life in a similar way. God's grace can triumph in our own lives despite our sins. And please God, we also will be called to join this happy and blessed company around the throne of the Lamb. May God's grace always triumph in us today and indeed every day. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This mp3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today.